Welcome to another brand new episode of Take Shelfie, the podcast about bottle shops and the pints and people you find therein. I'm Jeff Martin, and with me as always is a man who, as long as he doesn't shout cheesy affirmations at me for the next half hour, is going to be my favorite person I've seen on a screen today, Matt Prince. <laughs> Was it that kind of day, Jeff? No, uh, well, yeah, I mean, first of all, uh, work and screens, everyone's, you know, everyone has to work through screens. Um if if you're allowed to work from home but no matt i i have the i have this exercise bike uh and i downloaded the peloton app oh and uh i've done a couple rides on it and today i did a 90s rock ride with uh, a woman named emma lovewell uh and i hate her (laughs) so she she did not love you well jeff she did not love me well. It was a it was a tough ride. Uh, it, most of the rides I've been doing have been uh, mostly like the same uh, resistance, but like you know intervals of going faster. Uh, and this was just like let's spend two minutes at like eighty percent resistance. It was tough. Anyway, uh, so I'm enjoying a, a nice beer to recover, Matt. I'm enjoying um, a Kenwood Light. Ooh, a Kenny. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying a Kenny. Uh, it's Delaware County's finest. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this on this iteration of the podcast or before, you know, we, we scrapped a couple episodes and started over, but it's, it's local. It's, it's contract brewed, I think out of uh, Phoenixville or Downingtown or something like that. But I live near Kenwood road and after an exercise, I think a light lager um, really hits the spot. Yeah. Jeff, I'm pretty excited that you're drinking a Delco beer but I don't know if we could really call it Delco's Finest because I'm also drinking a Delco beer. I think, Matt, you're drinking Delco's Finest. I don't know which of the beers you're drinking, but I know the brewery. Why don't you tell us the brewery and the beer? So I'm drinking um, Really Dirty Money from 2SP uh, Brewing Company in Aston. Uh, the SP standing for Stone's Pub. Um, I don't know how old this brewery is now. I would say probably near like the 10 year mark, maybe a little less. Um, but it's right up the street from me. I mean, it's the closest brewery to my house. I believe, I believe it is slightly closer than the media iron Hill. Um, so, you know, when they say drink local, I am drinking as local as I possibly can, unless you want to consider shit bottoms, original location, uh, their, their owner head brewers house, uh, that would be the closest, but I, I don't. So, this is as close as it gets for me. 2SP Matt has been around for just over five years. Oh, man, I was uh, off. Yeah, but, you know, the, I believe Two Stones Pub, our guests can can fill us in on the history, but, you know, let's let's uh, pontificate for, wrongly for a little while. Two Stones Pub preceded 2SP. Right. And then it you know, became a standalone brewery, more or less, uh, five years ago. They, they did their fifth anniversary ale in uh, august of 2020 so right right i knew that i knew that i remember yeah. seeing that hit the instagram and yes i just said the instagram so 2sp has a has a pretty interesting history at least in terms of uh its head brewer uh its head brewer is bob barrar uh bob is a multiple award-winning brewer uh he got uh his start uh well i'm sure he probably got to start home brewing but uh he cut his teeth at iron hill uh, mm-hmm. the chain of brewery restaurants, uh, the media location. And he made their Russian Imperial Stout, which wins at gold at the Great American Beer Fest a lot 
until he started working at 2SP as their head brewer. And then 2SP wins it all the time. And Iron Hill is second every year now because yeah. <laughs> you're still using that same recipe. Yeah, you know, there. I remember when they first opened and I was super excited because I grew up um, right you know, my parents' house is not far from 2SP. My current house is not far from 2SP, but I've, I'm local. I'm, you know, so anytime a new brewery opens up near you, there's an excitement. And I remember I got a crowler of Bell Cracker double IPA. And that's a, like a more of a old school East Coast IPA. I mean, like in the Hop Devil perpetual 60 minute family. And I, I got that crowler and brought it down. Oh no, it was a growler. It was a baby growler because they didn't do crawlers yet. And I brought it down to the beach with me. And I remember enjoying it at this place in Wildwood called Poppies. And I, I just remember this moment, drinking this amazing double IPA, you know, um, bitter in all the right ways. And I just thought this brewery, they get it. And I'd been drinking Bob's beer for years at Iron Hill Media um, before 2SP opened. So his style was familiar to me. So it was very exciting. So our guest is, is not Bob, Matt. Uh, tell us a little bit about our guest before we get him on. Yeah, so our guest is uh, Mike Contreras, and he is the head, uh, the director of sales and marketing for 2SP. And I've known Mike for a while now. I've worked with him a little bit um, through the theater that you and I both, um, where we met. Oh, where we met, Jeff. Um, the Players Club of Swarthmore. Um, we decided, you know, we got our liquor license and we wanted to do beer and we wanted to team up with a local brewery. So I started this friendship, this relationship with 2SP. And Mike's been great uh, getting us beer for that. And I thought, who better to to kind of take us through that side of, you know, a brewery than uh, Mike. So I'm pretty excited to talk to him. Haven't talked to him in a while. So I'm excited to uh, see how he's doing and excited to see you know, his perspective of what a brewery is and, you know, kind of strip out, take out the, uh, the brewing aspect of it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let's not waste any more time and just, uh, welcome mom, Mike Contreras. Welcome to take a shelfie. So Mike, I have to ask you, um, so we never really got into your like beer history that much when we've met, but what was your first experience drinking craft beer? Like what's the first time you remember drinking it? So, I was a student at uh, Hofstra University in undergrad uh, in I was there 2001, 2005, up in Long Island and uh, Strong Island, actually. And uh, my buddy um, had a party and we were just drinking PBR. And, yeah, he was one of these kind of like, uh, I don't know, he's uh, he had taste, you know what I mean? Um, And he had bottles of or- Orval and Chimay like up on his, on his uh, above his uh, refrigerator. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And he's, uh, he's, he starts explaining what the Trappist breweries were. And I'm like, get the hell out of here. Uh, monks brew beer. And he had a Paul Lanner and there was a monk on the label. I know monks don't brew it, but he was drinking that. I'm like, let me give this a shot. And he's just like, excuse me. I tried Paul Lanner. I never had a Hefeweizen. Hogarden wasn't a thing or it was, but it wasn't popular or anything like it was back, uh, you know, you know, a couple of years uh, beyond after that. But uh, I tried, I'm like, this is unbelievable. So 
I'm I'm 37. I look like I've looked like this all my life. I'm bald as anything, silver fox, whatever you want to call me. But yeah, now there was a place called Beverage Barn right near um, our university, our, our campus, and I didn't have a fake ID, nor did I need one. So uh, I I went to Bevy Barn, and they used to have um, they had bombers of Rogue, um, Dogfish Head, um, Otter Creek, Sierra Nevada. Um, and I just started going down that rabbit hole and beer advocate was this awesome resource. Um, cause you didn't have untapped, but you had this website that really just went into the whole history about beer and all these different flavors. And it was just this, the second wave, um, that was occurring and there was a lot of excitement and I just went down this rabbit hole and, um, I grew up in Bucks County and there was a bar called Isaac Newton's that used to just carry craft beer, had a sick happy hour where it was two fifty a pint from 10 to 12. And they would have like Geary's, um, some, some lost coast from uh, uh, Northern California Mendocino. And yeah, just from there. And I, I got my first job in the beer industry in 2008 with Rogue. So explain that process. So how, how did you, uh, you know, how, how did the rabbit hole wind up taking you into craft beer as a profession? Oh, uh, so that's a good question. Uh, so I really became kind of obsessed just like you guys are with craft beer and the whole world of it. And it was really, it was much different back then as it was today where it was really about you know, the appropriation, like going out and finding it um, because there weren't many stores. You couldn't get it at grocery, um, you know, at the distributors. It was tough, like to find any craft beer. And if you were going to get a craft beer, you had to buy a case. And then if you went to the bottle shop, you had to pay a lot of money. But I moved out to, I, I was into it. I lived in New York and I moved into California and I was going to grad school out there. And I went to like a pretty small, like um, kind of like a Swarthmore, uh, but for the West Coast school called Claremont. And I realized I shouldn't be there. <laughs> they were a lot smarter than I was. And my mom's like, you're really good at bullshitting. So why don't, uh, why don't I send your resume out to different breweries? And I'm like, I, I don't know about that. My uncle had a suggestion years ago when we were all sitting down, I was explaining craft beer and he was a salesman. He's like, man, you should, you should really try to sell this stuff. And I didn't know that there could be a job. So my mom <laughs> freaking sent out a resume because she had my resume. She sent it to Sam Adams and I got a call and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So uh, I, I ended up uh, hitting up Rogue because I really liked their, I really loved their beer and um, what they were doing. You know, people nowadays when they talk about Rogue, they kind of are just like, ah, whatever. But back then what they were doing was pretty, I would call it revolutionary for the product because they were putting out an assortment of beers that were really, you know, the big bold beers in 22 ounce bombers with wide distribution. Right. And you couldn't really find that. So, you know, I, I, I hit them up and they were like, I got an interview with them and BS moves my way in. And, and that kind of started me down the whole path. And, um, you know, I worked for them for about a year and a half. And then I just, they wanted me to move to Oregon. I wasn't finished grad school. I invested a lot. So, you know, I said, thanks, but you know, let me finish my, uh, my studies. And then I did, and I moved back to the East coast and my, uh, 
one of the guys who used to work at Rogue became the VP of sales at, at Dogfish. So he says, uh, he hits me up and he's like, what are you doing? And I said, um, I'm in grad school again. <laughs> I was going to get another degree. <laughs> he's like, you want a job? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I ended up going to work for Dogfish Head for about four and a half years. So before starting up 2SP. So you come to 2SP, you are mm-hmm. back, you know, it's a dream duo. You have Two Stones Pub, you know, one of the most well-known beer bars in Delaware. And then you get Bob Barrar. I mean, what a steal. He's one of the most decorated brewers that there are, you know, the, the Gabfo Awards that he's won at Iron Hill and now with you guys at 2SP. And you guys have this great space in Aston. But yeah. how have you managed to stay kind of under the radar? I mean, you have all these hype breweries popping up uh, locally and nationally. Um, but right. Do you, like, how do you stay under the radar? And do you wish you that 2SP had more hype as the director <laughs> of sales? And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we really do. Now, um, it's, it's interesting. You, you kind of, yeah, you, you, you know Bob. You know us. I know you, Matt. And I know you know beer and you really appreciate what we do and, and you're kind of a, you know, an advocate for what we're doing. Um, yeah, when I, when I joined up with 2SP, um, you know, just to go back a little bit, I was working for Dogfish and Two Stones was, I was a regional sales guy. Um, I mean, I was, when I was with Dogfish, we were 120,000 barrel brewery. And when, just before I left, we were doing 200,000 barrels and, if you guys know anything about beer sales, um, you know, there's a lot of reps in, you know, small markets, right? We were six salespeople for the whole country. So it was a really exciting time and really cool brewery to work for. Um, but Two Stones uh, Pub, we own restaurants in Northern Delaware and in Cheshire County. And Stiggs, the owner of them, hits me up. He's like, hey, you ever think about starting up a brewery? I'm like, nah, because you know, I had a good job. And as I was saying, it was kind of fun. Um, but he's like, Hey, you got any advice for me? If I was to start one up, and I was just talking about sales and he's like, you wouldn't want to join this up, join up with us. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, you haven't even told me who your brewer was. And he said, Bob Barrar. And I'm like, Oh my God. So just as you had mentioned, you know, he's got Jeff Bagby's the only guy in the country with more GABF medals. Um, Jeff Bagby was a brewer at Pizza Port. Um, he now has his own brewery called Bagby Brewing. But Bob has over 35 GABF medals, and he has about 11 World Beer Cups now. Uh, and he was just at Iron Hill. And Iron Hill, as you guys know, is a brew pub. Beers are just now just starting to go out to market. So I was thinking, man, this guy's like an Olympic swimmer in a bathtub. You know what I mean? He's not. He, he's just confined to that space. I get to bring his beers out to the market. And when we opened up, it was it was pretty crazy. We had a lot of hype, especially in Philly. Uh, Philly bars really just about 40 percent of our business is done in Philly bars. Um, and those guys, they know beer. They love beer. Philly, as you guys know, is like an awesome beer community. Uh, and it's it's old school um, where just because you're new or just because you're hype doesn't mean anything. Um, you have to make good product. Um, so we really were able to brew what the brewers wanted to, which if you guys know, and Matt, you and I have talked about it. It's like you talk to a lot of brewers and you asked me about like, you know, we're under, you know, kind of under the radar. We're not part of the hype scene. When you look at the hype scene, you see a lot of 
beers like really dirty money and our brewers they like brewing those but it was a little unusual for them and they were more interested in like perfecting a pilsner doing an esb like stuff that doesn't really move but you know it's when it's executed well and you know beer it's just like you know that those are some of the best drinking experience that i and the brewers have so you know as a head of sales, you kind of see a lot of these breweries get the attention and deservedly so. Um, and then, you know, you don't see too much hubbub about us when we do the Wawa collab, you know, you, you see some people talk about it up and out. It's just when people you know talk about it online, it's like their go-to uh, a lot for a lot of people, hazy IPA because of the price point. Um, and it's just accessibility for a six pack um, 12 ounce uh, package. But yeah, yeah, we, we've been able to kind of stay under the radar. Um, and you'll, you'll know, like, breweries get hyped for a minute. So me trying to say it's not such a bad thing. They get hyped for a minute. And then, you know, six months later, you don't hear much about them or, you know, and they're kind of always chasing their tail with, you know, we have to come out with something new. We have to come out with something new, new release, new release, do some crazy stuff. Um, which is great and it's exciting, but it can be also exhausting just operationally for the consumer, whatever. For us, it's like, okay, we've been able to find this balance of, you know, brewing some cool, exciting stuff that the market's really looking for, brewing stuff for like, you know, the nerds out there who are, you know, are like the old school nerds and, and trying to find that balance. But we definitely think we need to up our game a little bit and we're going to spend some time in 2021 kind of just going through some new packaging, trying out some new beers and, and beers that people really like brewing more of those uh, while also keeping it kind of scarce and you guys, you know, still thirsty for them. So speaking about that uh, collaboration with Wawa, that thing that gets you the attention, you know, once a year uh, around the holidays, how did that come about? What was the genesis of that? So, those guys, um, they're a Delco company, right? Their headquarters is in media. Um, they, we did a small event with them when they opened up. They only have two licenses right now in the state of Pennsylvania where they can sell beer. And their first location was the one in Chad's Ford, uh, just over the Delaware border. And we did a small event, got to meet them. Really cool, got along with them. And then about a year later, Bob and I and, and Ruby, our other brewer, uh, were kind of sitting around talking about what we were going to brew in the third and fourth quarter. And uh, we're Delco guys, and it's we we tend to argue and and not get along. And whenever we have meetings, it's never good. Um, and the only thing when we were talking, we were like, "Man, we should brew a coffee stout." I was drinking Wawa, and I'm like, "Man, let me hit these guys up, right? Let me let me just take a shot in the dark here because." I mean, Wawa is a religion out here. People love it. We love it. And coffee stouts are a thing. So shot in the dark. I send him an email and just say, hey, guys, you know, tell them the story that I just told you guys. And I said, if you want to come through, we'd be happy to meet, show you around the brewery, have some beers, maybe talk about collab. I didn't think they would respond. And they're like, yeah, sure. We'll come through. I'm like, Oh my God. So, cause this is a big meeting. Wawa is obviously a huge, you know, a big company. And me, I'm just like, you know, an old school sales guy. I'm like, I, I can't do a PowerPoint. I'm not going to, I don't know how to do a formal thing. 
So they came to the brewery. They're totally cool. They one of the guys went to high school with Bob. So they they asked me like, you know, after the tour, like, what are you thinking about doing? And the other day I'd been in a Wawa and I saw that they had a new coffee called the Reserve Series. Or it was uh, they had Winter Reserve there, or, or it wasn't Winter Reserve. It was another blend. And I say, I see you have this new Reserve coffee. Would you guys maybe want to do a holiday blend or like a, a winter blend? Um, uh, and, and feature that in the beer and their eyes kind of lit up. So it was a new, a new package for them or a new product for them. And they really wanted to bring some attention to it. So they're like, wow, this, this makes sense. This works. Let, let's, let's bring us, you know, let me bring this to the, the board. A couple of days later, they hit me up and they're like, Hey, can you send us a PowerPoint? And I'm like, I don't do PowerPoints. I'm not going to embarrass you or, or our company to us by sending you a bullshit PowerPoint. So I just wrote them a quick email, recap notes. Next thing you know, they call me and they say, we're in. And I'm like, no kidding. So they tell me in October, they were in for a December release. And I'm like, we'll get it done. So I got our designer, our other designer, this guy, Nolan, um, who was with a firm called, he had his own firm called Post Typography. If you ever heard the band Future Islands, or Beach House, uh, he does the label designs for them. He does a lot of work for Time Magazine, New York Times. So the guy is really good. So we got the labels done. We got the beer in the tank and we're able to send it out. And the first year, I mean, the social media blew up. So it, I wish it was some kind of like, you know, beautiful strategy of a brilliant mind, but it was really just shot in the dark. And hey guys, having a beer, we get along with them great. We're meeting with them again next Friday they're totally awesome to work with. Like they're, they're collaborative. They want this to be special. They want the product to be right. They're not, they, they see this as a great marketing opportunity for them, but it's just fun. It's a feather in their cap. Yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of collaborations you hear in the beer industry start that way. It's like, it's like a shot in the dark. Yeah. Like I know for me and trying to get guests on the podcast, it's like a shot in the dark. I just send like Instagram messages to breweries and I'm like, Hey, are you, is this you're interested yeah. in with no expectation that they're going to say yes. And then occasionally a, a brewery goes, yeah, sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> so, um, I wish I had that attitude in my dating life, you know, <laughs> my, my fiance is in the other room, but. <laughs> Speaking of collaborations, I remember uh, it was about four years ago. You guys did a collaboration with Tonewood on a beer yep. called Allocated, which was this really, I think it, might, it was one of the like first hazy IPAs you guys did. It was, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I remember loving it. I think I had it when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. That was my first beer that night, which was really cool. But like, aside from the Wawa project, I haven't seen you guys do as many collaborations over the last few years. Is that something that might be in the cards for 2021? I know you mentioned wanting to do some other things. Is collaborate Are collaborations one of those things that you uh, might dip your toe back into? Yeah, what you'll see is, so Allocated was packaged, right? But we usually around um, Philly Beer Week, we do do a lot. That was kind of our thing. Um, so we worked with like Love City. Um, who did we worked with? I mean, we worked with Stone. We worked with, you know, a bunch of other breweries. We did a really cool collab and we do it each year. I think we're doing it again with Hidden River, uh, Forest and Maine, Crime and Punishment in Second District. Um, we released it. We did that collaboration two years ago at our brewery. Of course it was a lager, uh, lime lager. <laughs> it was called, uh, uh, that wasn't called Velcro week. Uh, I think it was, yeah. Velcro week. Um, 
So we might be doing something with them. Um, COVID kind of just threw everything into a whirl. Um, but yeah, we, we worked with Tonewood again, but at their brewery, um, I don't know if, um, I don't think I'm speaking out of school. Uh, we went up to Ruby went up to, uh, new trail and we're going to do, I think they have that expedition pack. Oh, you guys are. So, in, yeah. I, I think I read that you guys were in one of the future packs. Yeah. So we're doing a big Imperial style with them with molasses. So, I don't know when it's going to be released, but I mean, we know New Trail, I think, is doing really well. They're kind of the, the, the brewery right now, for sure, right, in Pennsylvania, as far as, like, you know, the excitement is really around them. Uh, they make great beer. Um, so, yeah, the opportunity to brew with them, we're like, yeah, why not? <clears throat> and, I mean, you guys know, and I think uh, the beer community knows that, if anything, 2SP is known for, for brewing really good stouts. So um, they might not be the most popular style, but um, but yeah, so we, we went up there and big, brewed a big Imperial stout. I don't know if it's going to be in the next expedition pack. I think it might be. Um, eh, yeah, I think it might be. So Ruby went there two weeks ago. That beer is probably like a 30-day beer. Um, so I don't know who else is going to be in that package. I don't know too many details about it, but we're doing that. So that's exciting. Mike, without realizing it, you're just like a marketing guy through and through, because in that last, uh, bit, you mentioned love city and we're going to have Sean Goldinger on here. And nice. you also mentioned new trail and we're going to have Mike LaRosa on here. So you just went through our next two guests without even knowing it. You really are. You're, you're, you're doing our marketing without even knowing it. So thanks. I, 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 I have a lot of names in these pockets that I like to drop, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's my MO. That's awesome. That's, that's great. Those guys are all awesome. Love city is one of our favorite breweries. I mean that the guy has a iron Hill pedigree and, Iron Hill, like, especially back in the day, those guys were extremely serious uh, and still are with their whole approach to beer and brewing quality beer and might not be, you know, sometimes you might not find the sexiest things, um, but you know, you're going to get quality beer. They really put a, uh, a stamp on the quality there. You also teed up our, our next question pretty well, because you talked about the Russian, the, the Imperial Stouts are really, uh, you know, what you guys excel at, but you also have a beer that is for the people in Delco lager. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Matt and I are Delco guys and you, you don't often see a, a beer stamped with the label of a County. <laughs> How important was it for you to a brew a, uh, a populist beer and B put that name Delco on it? Yeah, no, I love it. Definitely a populist beer. Um, so when we first started the company, we all met at Bob's house. He lives in Rutledge, uh, which is about, um, it's in Delaware County in Delco, kind of like the heart of it, um, just outside of Ridley and Swarthmore. And we're all sitting around and Stiggs is like, so what are we going to brew? And, you know, I had all these ideas. Ben, who's one of the partners in the restaurants, had all these ideas. Uh, Ruby had some ideas, but Bob was just sitting there. And if uh, have you ever seen Bob, he's about six foot. Um, he's got a beard that sits down to his, you know, his mid chest and he's like built. I mean, the guy's like, like, not like, like spends too much time in the gym. He's just guys thick. <laughs> like, and you don't, he's got this quiet demeanor and he looks 
freaking mean as hell. And he's just sitting there for about an hour and quiet as we're just discussing these beers. Finally, I turn to him I'm like, Bob, you know, what the hell are we going to brew? It's, this is your brewery. And he says, I don't give a fuck what we brew as long as we brew Delco lager. And I'm like, all right. So that was his input for the meeting, but it was a really, really important beer for him to brew because, you know, Bob's a working class guy. He's from Glen Olden, uh, Interborough grad, working class through and through. And his buddies are, are, are like that. They're working class guys. Bob shows up every day to work in cargo shorts every day. I don't care if it's negative five or whatever in cargo shorts and an Eagles hoodie or a Flyers hoodie. So it's like the Delco tuxedo. Um, so it was important for him to brew that. And the whole idea was like, we want to get this beer out. We want to make it with breeze malt, really quality malt. And we wanted to brew this amber lager because, you know, people like Yingling, but we wanted to do a little bit of a step up and, and get it into people's hands in the county. And, and we're very proud of this area. I mean, it's, you know, we like to see, one of the guys says, you know, how do you describe Delco? And he's like, um, it looks like everybody just got a softball practice, you know, it's just, you know, it's a working class town, but it's, um, it's, we wanted to, and people kind of look down on it outside of the County. And, you know, we want to, we want to give them something to be proud of and, you know, something that they can show off and in, in some small way, you know, represent, you know, Hey, Delco is, yeah, we're working class, but you know, we'll put out, a, you know, a, a world-class beer, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a big part of who we are. I mean, we have another beer called Pony Boy, uh, which is a light lager that, you know, you don't see many breweries do. And I'll put that Pony Boy next to you know, any light beer, or, you know, any light lager. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I've definitely, I've, I've had a few Pony Boys in my time and uh, you know, I would definitely reach for that before I reach for any other light lager. It's uh, respect. Yeah, man. It's, it hits the spot. <laughs> Yeah, we and we're trying to price it right too. It's like eight ninety nine, hopefully on the shelf, six pack, sixteen ounce, and you know we're still coming out with like the up, up and in ways, real dirty monies. But like, if you ever came to the brewery, that's what we're drinking. Yeah. So you, yeah. you know, it's you just fed into the next question so nicely. You know, Pony Boys, what you're drinking? What's your fa- is that your favorite two SP beer, or do you have another one that is on the top of the the, uh, the throne for you? I think, uh, you know, I think Pony Boy might be my favorite, but we came out with the beer uh, last year and it's, we didn't brew it this year. It's really expensive to make. It's called Pollination. It's a beer to meal. So um, it's uh, basically an Imperial Honey Saison. Um, so we use this honey from uh, South Jersey uh, farm out there and uh, there's no burn. It's not too boozy. The honey really smooths it out. And if you guys ever had, people are kind of conflicted with Midas touch. I freaking love that beer. I just like honey and beer. Um, it just gives us this body and a little bit of sweetness. So I think that one really hits the mark. The Russian, obviously, um, because, you know, we have a, a, we're, I'll tell you guys, we're going to make an announcement tomorrow or maybe, sorry, we're canning bourbon Russian. So we never did that before. Yeah. So I got to film a video with Bob tomorrow, but yeah, we, we brewed a lot of it and we're, we usually just do it in draft and with bourbon, with anything that's in a barrel, you don't want to put through your canning line. 
uh, because who knows what's in it and you have to do a pretty deep clean to buy it. We have a QC guy that we hired. He's pretty, he's tip top Magoo. Um, and he assured us that we can put it through the canning line. So we're doing a really small batch. Um, I believe we're going to release it um, next week, but we're going to try to announce it Friday. So we yeah. definitely need to get our hands on some of that stuff. Uh, that sounds amazing. So, you know, you're talking about the uh, canning, the bourbon barrel aged, uh, the Russian, and, you know, you've talked a little bit about some exciting things coming up for uh, 2021. You know, what's next? What's, you know, what's next for 2SP? Uh, you know, you see other local breweries, Levante, Shipbottom, they've opened beer gardens at, at orchards, uh, Highland for Levante. And they also have the, the uh, stables and the gables. Stables, yeah. Yeah. And then they also have, and then Shipbottom has done um, one in Ambler at a, at a coffee shop and also down here in Delco. Yeah at uh, Lynn Villa. Is that something you'd be interested in? Are there any hopes for expansion? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, you know, that's kind of like, we, we have restaurants that bear our name. So it's two stones pub, right. But we always carry other beer. Um, so we only usually carry six lines and just recently with COVID and everything um, we went to 100% two SP lines, but we're starting to draw back because two stones pub existed before two SP brewing. And it was a spot to go get, you know, great beer from all over the world. And we, we believe we should be alongside of those breweries, you know, but that doesn't mean we should be exclusive and alienate the customers, you know, that built our business and frankly brought us to the dance and allowed us to have this brewery. Um, but yeah, we, we were, we've been looking at spots. We have to be careful because we do a lot of distribution, right? Um, I think a lot of what's different from us and let's say the hyper breweries, the hyper breweries, they don't do much draft. They do a lot of cans. Um, you won't find like, I mean, new trail is just all, all of a sudden kind of over the past year really come out with a lot of stuff and really kind of taken over. Levante's done a great job too. Um, but we were a really draft heavy brand and we really loved our on-premise or our, our bar customers and we didn't want us to take any business away from them. Um, so we had some opportunities in Philly, but it was 40% of our business and it's like, you know, Hey, let's, let's get our brewery right first before we expand. So in 2021, 2022, I, you're, you're going to see something from us. I believe I can't talk about it, but, uh, I think something will be coming up. I'm not sure when or where, but we're, we're going to be looking, right? Um, we're going to have a place going to have great beer, great food. Um, but we want to make sure that we do it right. You know what I mean? And um, when you work with restaurant people, um, I think they're pretty precise. They know exactly what needs to be done and what has to be done uh, to open up a spot like that. Uh, whereas if you you know work for a brewery, you're just looking for another tasting room, um, you might not you know, be considering many different things like these restaurant tours. So we're a little bit more careful and yeah, it's COVID. So it's kind of crazy. We kind of want to, you know, don't want to, you know, jump too far ahead when without us, you know, without knowing what the future really looks like. But yeah, I think that's something that to be vague, you might be hearing about it uh, in 2021. 
Well, whatever it is, Mike, uh, we, we will be there. Uh, 2SP has long been a favorite of ours, uh, and we're, we were so grateful that you were able to make it out. So, so thanks for being on the show. Yeah, no, and guys, anytime you want to come to the brewery, you know, we're open. We, we just opened up seating in the back area, too, in the brewery, so you can drink in the brewery. Anytime you guys want to come in, Matt, you know, you can always have a pint on me. Jeff, I don't know. You, I got to warm up to you. But, uh, <laughs> but now, you, I, please come through anytime. But thank you guys for having me. really appreciate it. So Matt, I think a common trope among um, people who are not from the area is that Pennsylvania is Philadelphia and quote unquote from Philly. And, you know, if you're if you meet someone from, you know, Oklahoma, they'll ask where you're from. You'll probably say Philadelphia. But inside of the state, uh, especially inside the area, and maybe now that it played such a role in the 2020 election, we can proudly say that we're from Delco. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, Jeff, I not for nothing. I've always been proud to be from Delco, but there is a stigma, you know, there's a stigma. There's a, um, there's the Delco that, you know, when you live here, there's the Delco, you know, because Tina Fey um, parades Delco around. Um, but, you know, Delco is a pretty cool place and 2SP is a pretty cool brewery. And I think they really get the attitude, the mentality of someone who's from Delco. It's, you know, we're blue collar. We work hard. We don't like to show off. We just are proud of what we are. And I think that's kind of what 2SP is proud of what they are. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly wasn't trying to say that there was shame in being from Delco. It was sort of just known versus not. But you're right. Uh, I think 2SP really does have a Delco quality about it, where it's they, they know what they are, uh, and they they go right for that. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Mike uh, sort of teed up our next couple episodes really well, uh, so I don't know how much we need to talk about them. But yes, we have New Trail, and we have uh, Love City coming up soon, uh, sort of on our tour of Pennsylvania breweries. Uh, you can download those episodes wherever you get fine podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a nice review. It really helps with the promotion of the show. You can interact with us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at ShelfyPod and at Facebook.com slash ShelfyPod. You can also visit us at ShelfyPod.com. That'll do it for this episode. Matt, I think it's kind of interesting that you mentioned uh, the first beer that you drank when the Eagles won the Super Bowl because, of course, we are recording this on the anniversary of that. It's going to be a while uh, before that happens again, given the recent things that happened uh, with the Eagles. But, you know, uh, until then, we're going to enjoy beers together. We'll watch football regardless. Until the next episode, I'm Jeff Martin. And I'm Matt Prince. Philly, Philly. <laughs>